0: Well, if you didn't get the idea from that intro, this is the Christmas edition of the I Test for Two. I'm Clark Judge. I'm Ira Kaufman. And we are Hall of Fame voters, joined as we are each week by Hall of Fame producer Ian Glendon. And when it's Christmas, Ira, what do you think of in Tampa, Christmas time in Tampa? What do you think of? I think in
1: 1971, Clark. That's Ooh. what I think. And I'll tell you why. I'm 17 years old, Brooklyn, New York. My brother's a Raiders fan, so I became a Chiefs fan in the 60s. And now I'm watching the 71 Chiefs, who had a damn good team, playing at home against the Miami Dolphins on Christmas Day. Clark, I believe it is one of the most consequential games in NFL history. And I'll explain why later in the podcast.
0: Okay. Well, I was going to ask Ian what he thinks of, but... You know, I, I don't think he goes back to 1971. He <laughs> <You> don't. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny you you, you introduced that, Ira, because that's kind of what I think of, too, because I was around. I wasn't 17, but I was a little bit older. I was um, in the senior year of uh, my college uh, career there at Dartmouth. And, and I came home and ended up watching, actually it was the junior year, 71, it was my junior year, and watched the uh, the Chiefs. And the Miami Dolphins, on Christmas Day, December 25th, 1971, when they met in the last game at Municipal Stadium in Kansas City. It was an AFC championship, right. uh, AFC right. playoff game, divisional playoff game. As it turns out, you said it was consequential. You're right. It was the longest game ever played. Not just because it was two overtimes, because it was 82 minutes and 40 seconds. And unfortunately for you, Ira, the Dolphins won it 27-24 in the second overtime on Gary, prime Man's and, and fifty-one
1: goal. years later. It is still the longest game. It is. Ever
0: played. Yeah. And and what was it called? Because, you know, they don't call it the, the, the music city miracle or the, the immaculate reception or you know, what was it called? All right. And it really wasn't called anything. So, you know what I called it called the Ed Podolak game. That, Ed that's Podolak. a good one. That's a good but, one. And, that's you know, and good. Ian's going, Ed Podolak. Ed Podolak, running back, Kansas City Chiefs. He had 350 all-purpose yards that day. 350. I, are you remember me? Have you ever heard of Ed Podolak?
1: I, I he, have he was an, old- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Clark, I'll tell you one more thing about that game, Clark. And you know this. It is the low point in a
0: Hall of Famer's career, and by that I mean Jan Stenerud. Yeah, right. Who refuses to talk about it? Actually because he missed a couple of key field goals, including one that would have won the game in overtime. Well, as I said, that was 51 years ago, and it was so unforgettable that some, in fact, I think our own Rick Goslin, Hall of Fame voter from Dallas, called it the greatest game ever played. Of course, that title was given to the 1958 NFL championship game between the Colts and the Giants. So we wanted to relive this game, and we asked someone who was there, and that would be Hall of Famer and former Dolphins great Larry Little. Larry joins us today from Miami. Larry, are you in Miami today?
2: Yes, I'm in Miami, yes.
0: Terrific. And and thanks so much for being here. We are, we are going to be talking to you about that 1971 playoff game between the Chiefs and the Dolphins. And the first thing I want to ask you is this time of year, people think, well, if that game was in Kansas City, it must have been frigid, right? It was sixty-two yeah. degrees at kickoff. Sixty-two degrees, and and Larry Zonka, I know afterwards said he lost eighteen pounds in those six quarters. So many that his pants didn't fit. <laughs> I, how about you? Did did you lose any weight or a lot of weight during those six quarters in Kansas City that day?
2: I don't think so. I think I maintained my weight because, uh, well, I didn't do as much running as Zonk did that day, so I really didn't. Uh... You know, lose that victory.
0: Okay. Well, as I said, some people call it the greatest game ever played. You played through an undefeated season the next year, but was it the greatest game you ever played in in your pro career?
2: Well, I would say so because because the ramifications of that game by going a six six and a half quarters, and I had to play. I I got a. A hip, I had a hip-pointer in the first half, and I had to play those other four quarters with a hip-pointer. And playing in front of probably the strongest man in the league at that particular time, which is Curly Cope. So, uh, you know, it was a big game for me, but I had to gut it out.
0: How did you play six and a half quarters versus Curly Cope? Well, actually, I guess it was four and a half with a hip-pointer. That must have been excruciating. <laughs>
2: Well, uh, it was, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was because I was able to play again the next week. But it, it was painful, but, you know, I had to get it out of this because we, we wanted to win that football game. You know, the coach, not the coach, the chief, were just coming off of a Super Bowl win by beating the Vikings. And we knew it was going to be a tough game uh, playing up in uh, Kansas City, and I had to get it out. Hey,
1: Larry. um Larry, you you didn't look like you had a hit pointer on the game's <laughs> biggest play <laughs> when Stanka went off left guard and Larry. I just watched it again on video. And and he's running right behind Larry Little, number sixty six. Um, it was a second and five, and he ran twenty-nine yards, Larry, and set up the winning kick by your premier. Uh what do you remember about that play and 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 the thought behind it?
2: Well, you know that's a play we really hadn't run all year, and I know we had practiced it before, and it was called roll right trap left. That's where uh, uh, all the you go one way, the uh, offense would go one way, come back to the weak side, which would be a left side. And when I got when I when I pulled, it was the uh, by the hole was wide open. All, all all I had to do was run. But what I tried to do the deep, I forgot who the defensive back was because I I yeah. knew I had a good shot at him, at him, and I was gonna try to take his head off. But he ducked into the ground I had to fall over.
1: <laughs> You're and right, Larry. It was, I, it was, I don't know was, who that guy was. It could have been Emmett Thomas, <laughs> but he, he he hit the ground when he saw sixty-six coming. I can tell you that. Yeah,
2: um, yeah. that was <laughs> what I had to do though. Because I would him a,
1: you guys ran the ball 43 times. Larry, you had good success. And Larry Little is looking up and, and standing over him is Curly Culp and Buck Buchanan, Larry. I mean, those guys have busts and can't, as you do. Um, what was it like going up against the interior of, of that Chiefs defensive line?
2: Well, you know, they were, they were tough. They were great football players, although <laughs> – uh, I really didn't go up against Buck that much because he was playing on the other side. But I was playing the whole game basically in front of Curly. And like I said, he was probably the strongest man in the NFL at the time. And I knew I was going to have my work cut out for me. But, you know, I wasn't I was determined not to let him whoop me. We're speaking with
0: Hall of Famer. Larry Little on the eye test for two, and we're talking about the December 25th, 1971 playoff game between the Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. And Larry, uh, what people today may not understand, of course, and I do because we've been around forever, but it was a sudden death contest, which means the first team to score wins. You didn't have the chance to, to come back if someone kicked a field, kick another field. You didn't have that opportunity. First team to score wins. How nerve wracking were the overtimes, and what do you remember most, other than the hit pointer, about those overtimes?
2: Well, I remember. Uh, I think of Ed Pollock that ran you the kickoff it. ball uh, for a great, a great run, and Curtis Johnson, uh, number forty five, our defensive back, uh, Curtis Corden, and then go, um, got a deal in uh, field goal position, and Jan's going to rule Mr. Field goal. And every time I see Jan, I say, Thank you, Jan. <laughs> I bet he appreciates he that.
0: <laughs> that. He,
2: yeah, he doesn't he like talking that. about he, it. No, he doesn't like it. But I do it intentionally.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Ed Podolak. Ed Podolak said he never gets tired of talking about the game. Never. How about you?
2: Well, see, Ed didn't go undefeated. So, you know, that's what I get to have to talk about going undefeated all the time. But uh, that was his claim to fame by, you know, having that great uh, playoff game that he had. But I had more than just that one game uh, because, you know, by going undefeated the next year and, and the year after that, not going undefeated but winning another Super Bowl.
1: Larry, talk a little bit about um, that was a very much of a back and forth game. Larry, the Dolphins, Larry, the Dolphins never led in that game I- until your premium picked the winner. Um, you know, you, you're down 10 nothing. you score, then they score, <laughs> you score. Um, that was a real back and forth game, Larry.
2: I never realized we never led in that game until you mentioned it to me. <laughs> Did you? Uh, never were you
1: always confident you were going to win that game as the game was un- unfolding?
2: Well, I felt we were, we were going to win the game. I don't know. I, well, I do know that uh, our conditioning probably was much tougher than Kansas City because we, we were conditioned to play in the heat down here in Miami most of the time. And I like to I use like the phrase, too, we closed out old Arrowhead Stadium and uh, opened up the new one because we played them the next year, the first game of the year. We played them in 125-degree weather on the field in Kansas City. Oh. Oh. <laughs>
1: hey, uh, Larry, I want to ask you a question, uh, a quick question about your career, which, which is an amazing career. Larry, a 17-round draft, and you're not drafted at a Bethune-Cookman. You're not drafted. And you, and you sign with the Chargers, uh, Larry, and you don't play for two years. And then I guess, Larry, Joe Thomas never forgot about you. He kind of was interested in you with the draft, and then he makes a trade. Larry, the Dolphins in 69, when you joined them, they won three games. But Larry Little made the AFL All-Star Game uh, for the Eastern team at guard, um, Larry, how, how did you do that on a three-win
2: team? Uh, we only had seventeen. I thought we had more than seventeen draft picks that year. I think I thought you had more than seventeen. I thought it was like twenty something.
0: <laughs> it seemed that way.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, when I was here before one minute, my grandson, I'm outside on the porch, and I don't know if okay. you hear that music in the background or not. My grandson get pulled up in his car. You know how I these mean, young people play that music loud? Let me have him turn his car radio down, okay? We did That's turn like it man. down, okay? We can continue, okay? But, uh, what happened, San Diego, the coach tried to uh, they were going to sign me, but they didn't want to give me a bonus. So the, And your coach for the, uh, coach at that time was Don Shula. But the scout, I forgot the scout's name that came to try to sign me. Uh, the day today, uh, Canada, I mean, I'm sorry, San Diego called me and uh, and I asked him, well, what would the bonus be? Because I wanted a bonus. Because the coach didn't give bonuses and he said, well, if you don't give free, you get bonuses. And uh, I asked San Diego the same question. He said, we would give me $750. $750. Just- Yes, I jumped to it. The next day, Joe Thomas called me from the Dolphins. He didn't know I had already signed with uh, San Diego. And with Miami being my home, and he knew Miami was my home, he called me and said, Larry, how would you like to come back and play at home again? And I said, well, Joe, you know, I would love to play back in, in uh, down in Miami, but uh, by the way, uh, how much bonus were you going to give me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we're
2: going to give him $500. Well, I'm sorry, I signed San Diego yesterday for $750. <laughs> Larry,
1: quick question. Quick question about the, your first two years with the Chargers. Larry, I know you I didn't did play do. much. I did
2: but play in San Diego. I started seven games in San Diego my second year. But, Larry, John Hadle was the quarterback. We just
1: lost him. And, of right. course, Larry, you watched the great – the great Lance Allworth. What are your memories of those two guys, Larry?
2: Well, John was oh, the ultimate leader. He was a great leader as a quarterback on the field. And Lance was just a great, great wide receiver. But well, he was the best i have ever seen until I played with Paul Warfield. Lance, I never forget. Uh, we played the preseason game the year Lance went into the Hall of Fame, and uh, and as we were, I was walking by while he was riding in the car, going around the field, and I congratulated him for going in the Hall of Fame, and he, and they, they were my nickname Chicken, and it still is Chicken to a lot of my teammates, and uh, he said, Well, you'll be here one day, Larry. And that was the greatest feeling because I, I didn't know, he had re- recognized my talent after I left Miami. I mean, San Diego. You so know, we had the great teams team. That's why I was disappointed coming to Miami. I was disappointed in the trade because uh, although we weren't winning championships in San Diego, we had good teams with good talent. And where Miami was an expansion team, and, uh, you know, I wanted I to put it on a winner and not a loser. But things changed in 1970 when the shoe came in. My first year in Miami, we were 3-10-1. Yeah.
0: It's funny. You mentioned uh, Hadel and Allworth. And, and, and I know Ira asked you about them. But we talked to Lance Allworth one time. And he said this was six, seven years ago. And I said, you know, who would be the next guy you'd put in the Pro Football Hall of Fame if you could, who's not in there? And he said two guys. One was Johnny Robinson. He said Johnny Robinson was the best safety I ever played against. But the other was John Hadle. Well, Johnny Robinson's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But unfortunately, we lost John Hadle uh, too soon at, at the age of 82. You sound right. like you were a John Hadle fan as well. Yeah, I
2: was. Uh, John was a great, a great person. Like I said earlier, a great leader. But he was also a great person. You know, I was a rookie, but he didn't treat me like a rookie when I was, you know, I'm year in San Diego. And he was a, uh, he was a real gentleman.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um,
0: and, and I know going back to what we were talking about earlier with the, the, the Chiefs and the Dolphins playoff game, it, it was so significant because Hank Stram thought that was the best Chiefs team he ever had. He thought it was the best Chiefs team. And they did think they would beat you. And, and they didn't. And... Unfortunately for them, it sort of signaled the beginning of the end because Johnny Robinson did retire after that game. They were never quite the same. But in contrast, the Dolphins, it launched you guys. It was the first time in the six years of that franchise that you guys won a playoff game. It's your first playoff win ever. And then, of course, you go on to the next season and you're unbeaten. But it launched you guys. And unfortunately for Kansas City, it sank them. There were two ships passing in the
2: night. You know, I always enjoyed watching the highlight film of that game to see how Hank Strand was carrying on, on the sideline When he thought they were getting ready to win the game, I enjoyed watching that highlight because uh, he, you know, all the cheering he was doing, it didn't help.
0: Yeah, he never got over it. He said he never got over it.
2: I can believe that because, I mean, they had a great football team, no doubt about it. But, you know, for some reason, something propelled us to win that game that Christmas day, in 1981. 61. What did the year was that? 81. 71.
0: 71.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was 61. Yeah, got...
0: Larry, I got one more
1: for you. Um, thanks so much for your time. And, and it's it's really hard to believe, Larry. It is hard to believe 51 years of football – Later, Larry, that's still the longest game in NFL history. Um, is, is that amazing to you?
2: It is, and you know, part of the greatest game in history. I mean, I was I was a part of both of them, that one, and the, on the team that went seventeen and zero. Hmm. Yeah, but not only me, but a few of us are. But you know, we lost so many guys off that team now, but. You know, we were. You know, it was it was it's something that we can always remember and always treasure. What we accomplished as a football team.
0: Larry, last question for you, and it was, it was as Ira mentioned, fifty-one years ago. I'm sure it's still fresh in your mind, even though it's fifty-one years ago. But you guys, then you you lost in the um, the, the uh, championship. You, you, you lost in the. Um, Super Bowl, I guess, in, in, in the Super Bowl that you were Super Dallas. Bowl six, and you lost to Dallas in Super Bowl six. But my, my question to you is how much did that guy that game take out of you guys? Because I remember covering the Chargers, and they went down and played Miami, of course, many years later, and, and they had a, a, a marathon game which they won. And then they went on to Cincinnati the next week. And, of course, it was you know frigid there, and they lost in that game. But I remember one of the players saying to me, I don't care whether we went to Cincinnati or we went back to Miami again or we went to San Diego, we weren't going to win the next week because we were worn out. We were absolutely worn out. How about you guys after that game? Were you worn out?
2: No, we didn't think that way because we played another game before. We played yeah. in the Super Bowl. You we played the Colts, the Colts, I think, didn't you? Yeah, the Colts. We didn't think that way. Uh, we were tired. I mean, but but we had time to recover the next week to beat pre- in order to beat the Colts. I think we shut the Colts out that game too. You,
0: you did twenty-one nothing. Twenty-one
2: nothing.
0: Larry Little, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Thanks for reliving uh, Christmas Day. Uh, game a great game and and merry christmas here really appreciate you stopping by
2: all right thank you very much thanks for having me
0: thanks Larry. that was hall of fame guard larry little and ira to talk to one of the all-time greats from a, a, an offensive line that is so much better than people know langer's in the hall of fame larry's in the hall of fame bob kuchenberg quite honestly should be in the hall of fame and i think you presented him this year to the senior committee Clark, I
1: don't think it's a stretch to uh, suggest that that is the greatest interior offensive line uh, of our lifetime. I don't think that's a stretch. Langer e- between, yeah. between Little and Couture.
0: Yeah, I, I don't either. I don't either. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. I'm here. You're there, but you were somewhere else. Wait, wait, yeah, that's, not the, that's not the crowd in Kansas City on December twenty-fifth, nineteen seventy-one. No, <laughs> siree. No. It sounds like the crowd, maybe, maybe in Denver. In Denver on uh, uh, January 2012 for the game between the Ravens and the Broncos. I gotta Remember hear that? about the weather. First, I gotta hear about the weather. Yeah, it was like six degrees that day. It was it was so frigid. It was it was six degrees. But it was a game. That was like this one that I mentioned, uh, we mentioned earlier, the Dolphins and the Chiefs. It went in double overtime. It went in double overtime. And I'm sure Ian does remember this one because it was during his lifetime. It was Ira during our second or third lifetimes here. But um, (laughs) it it was a game that I covered. I I was there bundled up. And as I said, it went double overtime. And the Broncos should have won it. They didn't. They didn't. Baltimore did. And they won it in uh, the second overtime on a 47-yard Justin Tucker field goal. It's shocking. He was a rookie that year. He was a rookie, but he was as good then as he is now. Um, but they should have won. And, Ian, if you don't remember it, I take you back there because I go down from the locker room with four minutes to go. It's clear Denver's going to win. Peyton manny has got him. They're, they're going to win this game. They're up by seven. 30 seconds are left. I'm in the, the, the press room for the Denver Broncos celebration. In there. And then with the Denver camera crews, everyone's there. And they've got the monitors up on the the wall there. And I'm watching And these guys. How much time left? Yeah, 30 seconds. Okay. The Ravens are at their own 30-yard line. 30 seconds to go. There's no chance. The game's over. (laughs) Joe Flacco drops back, moves around the pocket, and throws this bomb down the right sidelines to Jacoby Jones, who is behind, behind the defense. Raheem Moore (laughs) tried to undercut him. For the incompletion, Jacoby Jones (laughs) catches it and goes the rest of the way to the end zone. We're in the Denver media room, and these guys are going, what the heck just happened? What the heck happened was the defense choked. They let him get behind them. They let him get behind. So it goes into double overtime. Uh, Manning throws an interception, and then Tucker does the rest. Kicks the field goal, and of course that is significant because the Baltimore Ravens went on to win the Super Bowl that year. They ran the table, and Joe Flacco, who some people go to uh, Joe Flacco, oh, come on, Joe Flacco, he was a Super Bowl MVP and he played like it. And that Super Bowl run, I remember, eleven touchdown passes, zero interceptions. He did a Joe Montana basically. Then he ran the table, and he was playing for a new contract, which he got the next year. But that was another double overtime game. And afterwards, somebody said, (laughs) I'll never forget, was that the longest game ever played? And I said, no. And they said, what do you mean? I said, the Ed Podolak game. And everyone looked at me and went, what? Who? Who? (laughs) Ed Podolak. They had no idea what I was talking about.
1: Uh, Clark, you left out one detail, Clark. As the consummate professional that I know you are, once the game was headed to overtime, you got back in the elevator and you went back to the press box.
0: Am I right, clerk? Am as I right? The consummate professional that you are, 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 you are wrong. No, you are wrong. I stayed down there and watched it on the monitor as these Denver radio and TV guys are screaming, Move the ball. Come on. Let's go. Come on. No, I, I watched it downstairs and I thought, What the heck is going on here? I think the Broncos are going to win. I should stay here, right? I should stay here. Uh, wrong. So I had to leave there and go to the other locker room. And listen to Ray did you Lewis. You make deadline, everybody. Clark. You make deadline. I, I did make the deadline because I was working for CBSSports.com. So you know, any minute is a deadline. You can do it now. You can do it later. It Doesn't make any difference. What a no. game! What a game! Wow. It was a it was a great game. It was great. Not quite as riveting as that Chiefs Dolphins game, but it, it was uh, it was exciting anyway. Um, no, Clark,
1: Clark, you you hit the crucial point, and I'm glad you brought it up with Larry Little. Clark, the Chiefs didn't make the playoffs the next 14 seasons. No. 14. They didn't no. make it. Well, n- uh, no. And it was the end of the stadium and, and Hank Stram and Dawson, everybody got old.
0: Johnny together. Robinson. Yeah. They all got old together. Johnny Robinson. Yeah. They all got old together. You're right, Ira. And that was a great team. That really was a great chiefs team, but Stram thought it was the best that he had. And he'd won that Super Bowl against the Vikings. And that was a great team. But um, that's why I, I think, you know, Someone as I mentioned, like um Hall of Fame voter Rick Goslin thinks that was the greatest game ever played because look at the number of Hall of Famers on the field. I mean, from both yeah. teams. I mean, it was like, I don't know, twelve or something. I mean, you go you go down, you mentioned Buck Buchanan, Nick Bone and Connie, Larry Little, uh Zonk. Yep. Um, you just go down Warfield. Lanier,
1: you know, near Johnny
0: Trump. Robinson, um, you know, every Curly Culp. Geez, everywhere, you know, Langer, I mean, everywhere. You said,
1: you said, two, you said two ships passing in the night clock, that that's very apropos, very apropos.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, Ira, um, now these two ships are going to start to separate in the night because we've got final thoughts here. I'm going one way. You're going the other. Where are you going?
1: Well, Clark, you know, my thoughts always uh, go to Ian Glendon's uh, Buccaneers (laughs) and and Patriots. Uh, Clark, I'll say it simple. I'll say it's simple. If the Bucs can't win the NFC South, all three other teams are guaranteed a losing record. Guaranteed. The best they can do is eight and nine. All of them. Clark, if the Bucks don't win this division with a healthy Tom
0: Brady, th- th- this is one of the great collapses uh, in, in recent NFL history. Oh, no question. No question. You're talking about consequential games. How about a consequential season? What are the ramifications of this? What's the yeah. fallout? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you wonder what ownership's going to do. It all yeah. depends on the next
1: the next month. It all depends.
0: Well, I think no matter what happens, Brady's probably out of there either yep. voluntarily or whether they, you know, just don't do anything. But, but voluntarily, I would think. What do you and, got, Clark? What do you got? Oh, you, you're cutting me off there, there, I, Okay, you didn't want to hear it. <laughs> no, no, no. What, what do What do you got for your final thought? My My final thoughts are: I I've got sympathy for you and Ian. I got sympathy for both you guys because I hear I'm looking at these weather reports. You know, I listen to uh, 60s on 6 on, on Sirius Radio. Ira, I catch you on Sirius Radio, too, on, I think it's Wednesday evening. I got that on my channel. I you you do have it on the channel. That, that's right. And you got it in your wallet, too. I mean, you get that extra paycheck. But, Ira, <laughs> I'm listening to Sirius Radio, 60s on 6, and, and Flash Phelps is telling me that uh, the wind chill, said the wind chill in Tampa on Sunday is going to be 21 degrees. Is that possible? Is that in Tampa? Wind chill? 21? When's the last time you had a wind chill down there, guys?
1: I'm driving to Key West. Maybe I can run into Jimmy Johnson
0: or something. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, what, you got windchill out there in St. Petersburg, huh? Every, every time the Buccaneers snap the football on a Sunday or Monday, it's, it's like a wind chill around here. So we're kind of used to it at this point. <laughs> oh, we, you're going to feel like you're in St. Petersburg, Russia this weekend. Anyway, that's going to do it. Um, if you want to listen to this or other itest Two podcasts, yeah, it's easy. Just go to the itest 4 or our mothership, which would be fullpresscoverage.com, and you're in business. Otherwise, we'll see you next week on the. Happy holidays! For happy June. holidays to everybody. Yep. Yeah. And thanks for listening, and and Merry Christmas to all, and Happy Festivus to the rest of us.